0: Welcome to the Flow State Performance Podcast. This is Jura Taylor, your host and the founder of the Flow State Collective. So, we're going to dive straight into this week's episode. This is part five of a six part series that goes deep into meditation. I decided to make this mini series and stick it on the podcast because I'm passionate about meditation in the sense that nothing has been more transformational. Nothing represents more of a bedrock of my spiritual practice and my life in flow. It really is, by far and away, the most um, important, but also, I'm struggling with find the, the right word, but the, uh, the practice that gives me most groundedness, most uh, connection to the deepest parts of myself. It's highly restorative, it's beyond words. Um, the effect that meditation can have. Just this morning on my meditation practice, I went in feeling very much in my head, um, lots of open loops, um, lots of uh, things going on, lots of projects, um, just lots of busy mind stuff, and just the capacity to be able to drop into a deep state of rest and relaxation and then go deeper still to exist into a state of connection with my inner nature, it's just so powerful to have that tool, that gateway, that opportunity always there. So that was the spirit and intention behind creating this mini-series, and I hope you're getting something from it. If you're just tuning in to week five, then if you just go back on your podcast player to um, if, if just scan a few weeks back, you'll see where we start. Um, so let's get into it. So if you've been following along in this series, you've been meditating with me now for five weeks, or no, actually 10 weeks, because it's been every two weeks or so. So whether you are aware of it or not, you've been on a healing process if you've been on a meditative path. Um, The beautiful thing about um, healing is that sometimes you don't even know that you're doing it, but you're doing it. And we're healing emotional wounds from our childhood or from our adolescence or from later on in life that we've stored in our body that we haven't yet released. And when we meditate the reason why we experience insights and we have breakthroughs and we experience these shifts this expansion and consciousness is because we are healing these um, emotional wounds this trauma we're on the path of self-acceptance uh, forgiveness of self forgiveness of others developing compassion for self compassion for others and we're healing all these things that fundamentally stand in the way of us experiencing more flow in our lives so last week we opened up the idea of body awareness. Um, our body is what connects us to the reality of the present moment. It's our temple. Through our body, we breathe, we sense, we feel emotions, we connect with life. Um, our thinking mind is not the tool we, to connect with the present moment, which is why we often find ourselves stuck in the past and the future or some, some shitty place that has absolutely no relevance to the present moment. But our body is this gateway to the present moment. It's a highly sophisticated and complex um, network of integrated sensory organs. And we can become more and more skilled in using this highly sophisticated uh, network that we call our body to help us ground more deeply into the beautiful present moment of life. So mind is body and body is mind. This is an interesting sentence that I want to unwrap. Um, but first of all, I want to examine the problem that meditation is a solution to. So the problem is created by the way that we exist. Um, and often in our culture, our mind and our body are split. I mean, the fact that we have a word mind and we have a word body um, tells you everything. Um, I, I've started using the word body mind-body or body-mind to kind of like link them together to, 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 to help remind myself that these are just one and the same things. But when we get um, stuck in our heads and we analyze the hell out of everything, we sort of feed this over-reliance on our thinking mind. And the capability of our body intelligence, our awareness, our intuition becomes diminished and forgotten. So we forget how to feel. We forget how to intuit. We become so damn good at living in our heads and thinking all the damn time uh, that we actually forget how to feel and sense. This results in tension, anxiety, and stress getting trapped in our body. Uh, we tune out of our intuition, we become robotic. So just think about that idea of tuning out of your intuition. So intuition is this almost mystical sense um, that our thinking mind can really do nothing to logically understand. So we call it the sixth sense and we place it somewhere in our in our minds as the sort of weird, un-understandable un- uh, place somewhere in the realm of horoscopes and ghosts. But really our intuition is so simple. It's our human ability. It's our wild ability. Um, to sense and feel on a non-thought level. So it's sub-thought, and it's a level of consciousness that's too deep for thought to even think about. It's a level of consciousness that's beyond time and space. So my point here is that mindfulness, meditation, helps to bring the mind and body back together. It's the road that connects the head with the heart. It's the pathway that connects our thinking intelligence with our feeling intelligence. So the problem with Western culture, this is why meditation practice is an absolute essential if you want to understand your full potential. It's because in our culture, we're very much dominated by stories and models um, based on analysis and reductionist way of thinking, mechanical way of thinking, cause and effect, uh, rather than intuitively feeling things. So in In other words, our educational system and our uh, institutions, our political institutions, our whole culture is designed around this kind of black and white world with angular corners and straight lines and fixed laws. And there's a lot in our culture from our use of language and numbers to uh, the school system to workplaces, roads, traffic systems, everything. All these labels and patterns that reinforce... Um, the use of our thinking mind at the expense of our feeling intelligence. So, But this constant use of thinking uh, means that we forget our full powers, we put a leash on our full potential, we try and think our way to every conclusion instead of remembering that we can feel the innate wisdom and intuition that's within us all. And my personal journey has really been about this journey from head to heart, from thinking mind to body intelligence, And for years I was so disconnected from my body, I just abused it and I used it as a sack of meat that carried my head from A to B. And I couldn't even hear the the intuitive wisdom over the constant din of my repetitive thoughts. And now because of the practice, the path that I'm on, the time that I spend in silence and nature, my intuition is much more my compass in life. Um, I feel my way through life and I think when I need to think. And this has been so powerful in in, um, in this sort of flowing life that has emerged. Um, and it just feels so much more playful. There's an effortlessness to it all. So let's dive a little bit deeper um, into Eastern philosophy and modern science of body-mind connection. So the Eastern world has always known that mind and body are connected. If you go see a Chinese healer for a and you tell them that you have a bad back, Um, they might give you some breathing exercises or they might push on a pressure point on your big toe. Or if you go in feeling depressed or feeling low energy, they may rub your kidneys or poke your gallbladder. Because in the Chinese tradition, meridian lines and energetic centers in the body are what their entire health system is built around. And in the yoga system, the yoga tradition, Everyone's heard of chakras, energy channels, wheels that process emotions and experience. When our emotions are flowing and being expressed, our chakras are turning, our wheels are turning, the energetic uh, wheels flow freely, um, which is what it's all about in the yoga tradition. So, like achieving these higher states of consciousness is all about having uh, the flow of energy, emotions um, expressing within us and flowing through. our our wheels of consciousness, our chakras. And um, now we get to Western medicine and we're living in this fascinating age where we're having discoveries in inverted commas. And the most ironic discovery of modern times is a discovery that our body and mind are connected. Um, I can just picture the Indian guru rolling his eyes and slapping his forehead when he hears of this western discovery like oh my god we've known this for a thousand years but the uh the beauty of what the western medical establishment getting all excited by mind-body connection is that we now have loads and loads and loads of research dollars pouring into these areas and this is wonderful for humanity this merging of science and spirituality is, is now truly underway so, contrary to popular belief, our mind is not just in our brains, it's existing throughout our bodies as well. Scientists talk about our gut being the second brain because it contains about 90 million neurons, which is even more than in our spinal cord. Um, so this system um, of neurons existing in our stomach is called the enteric nervous system, or the second brain. And the second brain consists of sheaths of neurons embedded in the walls of the long tube of our gut, or the elementary canal, which measures about nine meters from end to end, from the esophagus to the anus. And the researchers at the Heart Math Institute in the US uh, discovered that our hearts give off an electromagnetic field, as do our brains. But the electromagnetic field that our heart gives off is about 60 times more powerful than that of our brains. And they found that the electrical frequencies emitted by our hearts vary according to whether we're feeling happy or sad, angry or grateful. So if you've ever heard of anyone talking about their vibrations or talking about feeling low vibration or talking about raising our vibration, this is no longer just hippie talk. This is now science talk. Everything is energy and um When you walk into a room and you feel that people have been arguing or fighting, you can feel that tension. What you're feeling is that electromagnetic vibration emitted from the hearts of those people. Or when you you walk into a room and everyone's joyful and happy and you feel the vibes of that, that is the electromagnetic frequency being emitted from their bodies, which is just amazing stuff. So what does uh, science have to do with uh, mindfulness? So when you feel gutted... When you feel unease in your belly, when you feel heartache, when you feel your heart swelling with happiness and contentment, just be sure to fully absorb these amazing experiences. This is part of the mindfulness journey, is learning how to actually embody and uh, soak in the emotions that we have. These are real and powerful signals about life. And ignoring them or suppressing them um, by just thinking all the time is to deny yourself of your full human potential. So why is it so unhealthy to repress our emotions? So if we think about repression, it's a survival tool. It's a short-term strategy to cope with overwhelming situations. In certain situations, it's far more important to run away than stand there processing the emotions you feel. If you find yourself um, standing in front of a saber-toothed tiger and you start asking yourself... What emotions you're feeling, or if you find yourself like in a kidnapping situation or a life-threatening situation, um, it probably doesn't help to sit there and start asking yourself why you're feeling uh, fear. It might just help just to get out the hell out of there and deal with the emotions later. And this is what essentially we do for non-life-threatening situations. This is why we have um, these emotions when we're when we're grieving or when we go through a heartbreak uh, situation. A relationship breakup, for example, it may not serve us to express the emotions immediately. Perhaps we need to create this temporary blockage so that we can um, support others or that we can get things done or we can arrange that funeral whatever it is. But if these emotions are not expressed at some point, they're going to manifest as some sort of sickness, some sort of disease further down the line and this kind of like chronic repression is a habit that in our culture begins early in childhood because we tell kids not to cry or we tell kids not to not to scream or we tell ourselves not to not to express our emotions we push away unwanted thoughts and feelings and these get stored in our subconscious so repression involves denial and distraction but it doesn't make the emotion go away it just um gets caught up in there until we learn how to release it. And if we do this habitually, we can develop what some people call emotion phobia, which is where we avoid strong emotions at all costs. And we use a whole range of avoidance strategies to pretend that they don't even exist. So mindfulness of emotions is the opposite of repression of emotions, and it can be used to heal this repression of emotions. So Some of the ways that we can um, deal with strong emotions, this is all part of the the mindfulness practice. So meditation and mindfulness is not just about the 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour a day you're sitting down on the floor watching your breath. It's also about how you show up in daily life. And how we deal with our emotions is a huge part of this. So first of all, dealing with strong emotions is all about facing them. Um, It's all about Um, becoming aware of them and one technique is to label them Um, the simple act of labeling your current feeling state for example i'm feeling judgmental i'm feeling anger rising up i'm feeling frustration if we learn how to label the feeling state with some degree of uh, specificity it can greatly enhance our awareness of what's happening in the present moment which helps us to produce um A degree of neural integration. We can understand what's going on. Um, A second way is to identify and focus on any unpleasant physical sensations that are occurring in the body. So we've gone beyond labeling it. We said, okay, this is anger. And now we're um, focusing on the actual sensation that's occurring in the body. So this might be, I'm feeling tension in my chest. I'm feeling my blood pressure rise. I'm feeling heat in my body. Um, whatever it is, but take some time to simply watch these sensations. Thirdly, observe the conversation that your brain starts weaving around these difficult feelings that you're experiencing. Um, your brain wants to take this uh, emotion, this feeling, and it wants to create a drama and a story. So watch it. Like Watch what, watch what, what happens here. The, the, the brain might start weaving this story about how you're not good enough, about how that person's not good enough, about how other people are always stupid or lazy or whatever it is. But your brain will want to create a story because this is how your brain operates. Story is a very powerful part of it describing its reality. So the aim here is to feel the feelings and watch the drama unfold rather than getting sucked into it. We're going to practice this thing called emotional surfing where we're learning that there's nothing we need to do with these difficult emotions. We're not trying to like control um, the wave. We're trying to learn how to ride it. Um, so this the emotions just simply come and go like all phenomena in our, in our existence. They're transitory. They're impermanent. Um, the irony is that we the, uh, the more that we sort of avoid them or uh, engage with them, the more that we get caught up in the drama, the longer they linger. Um, but the more that we can learn how to lean into them, uh, ride them, surf them, um, notice them, become aware of them, allow them, um, the more that the quicker that they will pass. So true control of emotions is requiring no control at all. So fifthly, we can ask ourselves a question. Um, when in the course of an activity or while contemplating something, we can ask, well, am I avoiding an uncomfortable feeling by engaging in this? So for example, if we uh, reflexively flick onto Facebook or we reflexively go and pull a beer out from the fridge or we automatically... Um, start um, arguing with our partner we can ask ourselves am I doing this as an avoidance strategy am I doing this to avoid feeling something or you could also ask yourself if I wasn't doing this avoidance strategy what might I be feeling and these are just simple strategies to help us actually face up to our emotions in a responsible way Um, and this will help us increase our emotional intelligence and become a more advanced human responsible for your own growth So I want to give you some home practice to work with, apart from those um, techniques around dealing with strong emotions. So the practice is aimed around developing more awareness of your body. So first of all, I invite you to learn to tune in to what is there. So I want you to practice asking yourself, instead of saying, "What, what do I think about this? Instead of offering people, oh, these are my thoughts, I invite you to ask yourself, what do I feel about this? And I invite you to offer to people what you feel rather than what you think. This is just, this very simple shift is very profound. Just asking yourself, giving yourself permission to express what you feel, what you sense rather than what you think is a huge step. Secondly, I invite you to create this space and stillness in your life to allow your body sense to emerge. I carve out about an hour every morning to go be by myself. Um, I go walk in nature, sit with trees, I sit down and meditate, I play my little uh, guitar, I maybe say a few prayers or sing a song, um, and I just sit in stillness and listen. And this is allowing my body sense, my intelligence to emerge. Uh, And thirdly, I invite you to um, shift your mental habits of emotional repression and avoidance by... Uh, going through those five steps that we talked about before. Labeling your feelings, identifying the sensations, and watching the stories that your brain starts to create. So that's it for week five of this six-week series on uh, meditation. We've covered a lot around mind-body connection. We've covered a lot about what happens when we repress our emotions and how we can start to express our emotions. I hope that you've got something from this. Let me know if you've got any questions. You can email me at giro at flowstate.co. Wishing you a week of beautiful flow and stillness and deep contemplation, expression of all your emotions. And if you want to learn more about Flow State, about the work that I do, about the work that we do with individuals, with organizations and teams, please go to flowstate.co and you can find more about how we are um, working towards the realization of our vision of a world in flow which is based on individuals, teams, companies, organizations, and systems being in flow. So go to flowstate.co to check that out. Um, And if you are a social media user, please feel free to join uh, the Flow Tribe group, which is a Facebook group. If you want to receive weekly emails with um, explanations on how to live in the flow of life, please go to flowstate.co and pop your email in there, and then you'll get sent all the updates that I enjoy writing. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.